You have tuned in to the Lifted Lamb Radio, where Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We hope you enjoy your time here as we preach and teach God's Word to try to help us all grow closer to Him. And if you don't know Jesus, we pray you get to know Him before it's everlasting too late. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back again with everybody here tonight. I hope you had a had a blessed day. Hope you had a good day today. Do thank you for tuning in. If uh, you heard my last podcast, you heard that that I wasn't feeling the best. Had some uh, foggy-headed feeling, some dizzy feeling, light-headed feeling. Just felt tired all the time. Been a while since I've been on here. But I went to the doctor, and the doctor said that I was extreme B12 deficient. So they gave me a shot and gave me some vitamins, and thanks be to God, I'm feeling a little bit better. Not back on top shelf, as we say, not back to 100%, but I'm getting there. I just thank God that he reveals this stuff to doctors, you know, gives them the knowledge of things like that. Give him all the glory. I know the doctors prescribe the medicine, but I know that God gives the healing. And I thank him for that. Just thank him for another opportunity to just to do a little something for him because he has done so much for me in my life. Just want to do a little preaching, maybe do a little talking. I don't, I don't know, just something that kind of caught my eye as I was reading the other day. It can be found in what we call the old book, the Old Testament, and the book of Daniel. You know, I know a lot of folks kind of veer away from the Old Testament, and even some folks say that the Old Testament's irrelevant. But the Bible tells me that all Scripture is given by inspiration, and it is profitable. The Old Testament was a schoolmaster. So we can learn, and we can grow by getting a little bit deeper in the Old Testament. Old Testament is one thing that that I myself needs to dig into a little deeper. I know I spent a lot of my time in the New Testament. But I know that if I can just get a little bit more knowledge, then I know that I can get a little bit closer to God. But the Old Testament, it may be old, but it's still good. Amen. Um, Book of Daniel. Like I said, just something that I was reading the other day and just something kind of stuck out to me. Book of Daniel, chapter 3. Very familiar scriptures. But it can be found in Daniel, chapter 3. And we'll read a few verses of scripture and then kind of talk about the leading up to this. But chapter 3, verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. 
These men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. First scripture we read was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. Now when these scriptures are read or preached on or taught on, the, the main focus is those three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and what took place and how God delivered them. But as I was reading this, I just got to looking at Nebuchadnezzar. Like I said, the first scripture that we read, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Now, what got him to this point? Well, if you were to read the beginning of chapter 3, the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar had made this idol. This golden statue. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, and the judges, and the treasurers, and the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So he made this, had this golden image made, got it set up in this, uh, the plain of Dura. And then he called in all what we consider the important people. The governors, the captains, the judges, the princes, all the old higher up class, so to speak. Called them in here for the dedication of this, this idol that he had made. Then the princes and the governors and the captains, the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all the rulers of the province were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So they're all gathered in this place to look at this, this idol, this golden statue that, that Nebuchadnezzar had made. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso, whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So he made this, this golden image and he gathered all these people around for the dedication of this, this golden image. And then the herald cried out, said, when you hear the cornet, when you hear the, hear the, the, the flute and the sackbut and the psaltery, and all these other musical instruments, when you hear these things, you're supposed to bow down and worship this golden image or this golden idol. When you hear these things, you're supposed to bow down and worship these things. 
Then verse 8 says, For wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So these, these people saw that there was some Jews out there that were not bowing down to this golden image. Were not bowing down to this idol. So they brought these things before Nebuchadnezzar and told him, said, hey, we know that you made this decree. We know that when the music is played that we are supposed to bow down and worship this idol that you have made. But there's some Jews out here, there's some boys out here that aren't doing what you're saying to do. They're going against the decree that you have made. And we know that if these, if these folks do not bow down, then they shall be thrown in to that fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. When Nebuchadnezzar heard what these men said about these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he automatically got mad. He automatically got enraged. And I got to thinking, how many times have we been in that situation where somebody tells us that somebody has maybe done something to us, and in that instant, in that moment, we get enraged and we get mad without ever worrying about what the other side of the story is. Well, I can't believe that person said that about me, that old low down, no good for nothing. I can't believe that they do me like that. I don't care what the other side of the story is. You done told me this. I'm just going to believe what you said. I'm not going to try to figure these things out. I'm just going to be angry and I'm going to be mad and maybe for no reason whatsoever. But Nebuchadnezzar, when he heard this, he got enraged and he got furious and he commanded that these boys be brought before him. See, Nebuchadnezzar here does a lot of things or did something that a lot of us wouldn't do. See, he calls them up. He wants to hear the other side of the story. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto, him, said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do ye, serve, do ye not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set? Nebuchadnezzar asked them a question. Maybe he wanted to get to the bottom of this. He wasn't just going to rely on one person. He wanted to hear the other side of the story. No matter what the outcome is, sometimes we need to hear the other side of the story. We don't need to hold those anger in just because we hear something from one person. We've got to hear both sides of the story. But Nebuchadnezzar asked him, Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true? Do you not serve 
my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set. Then he goes on to say, Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, in other words, if ye be ready, if ye be ready right now, when you hear the music, when you hear the, the psaltery, when you hear the cornet, when you hear the flute, when you hear these things, he said, if you bow down and worship my, my idol, then well. In other words, you would be doing good. You would be doing what my decree said. You would be doing what I told you to do. It would be well. But then he says, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. He said, if you do these things, then it's going to be well. Nothing to worry about. But he said, if you don't, then you're going to be cast into the fire, burning fiery furnace. And then he asked him a question. He says, and who is that God that should deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not going to bow down to some false idol, some other God, because they served the one true God. When he asked them that question, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands, they simply could have said the same God that hung the heavens and the earth, the same God that hung the stars, the same God that hung the moon, the same God that hung the sun, the same God that, that spoke this thing into existence, the same God that, that lives inside of me and you. You see, they could have said, my God, the one that I serve, the one that breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul, the same God that made you, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the God that can deliver me out of your hand, the same one that lives on the inside of me and you. If you're a born-again child of God, he lives on the inside of me and you. We are the habitation of God through the Spirit. Nebuchadnezzar asked him a question. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Like Nebuchadnezzar was anything. He may have been an earthly king. But we serve the one true king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew this. They knew this. Then he goes on to say, verse 16, says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. Here comes the answer. And said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Man, what a backbone, Shadrach. What a backbone, Meshach. What a backbone, Abednego. Sitting here staring at the king of great Babylon. Sitting here 
and lack of a better word, that man holds your life in his hand. He has the power to throw you into that furnace or he has the power to let you go. But you look him dead in the eye and said, it does not matter. My God, the one that I serve, he is able. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. It does not matter how big that you think you are, Nebuchadnezzar. My God is able to deliver. You that are out there listening to, tonight, our God is able to deliver. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation that you're going through, he is able to deliver. If you're going through the fiery furnace, he is able to deliver you out of the hand. He is able to deliver you out of these things. But he says, but if not, even if he doesn't, Nebuchadnezzar, I know that he can, I know that he's able, but even if he doesn't, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. It does not matter. Throw us in there or let us go. It does not matter. We're still not going to bow down and we're not going to serve your God. Man, what a backbone. And then Nebuchadnezzar, this is where we, where we started off. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was full of fury. Again, how many times have we, we been in that situation? See, now we know both sides of the story. We know that the person that told Nebuchadnezzar was telling the truth. And we know that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not care. They were not going to bow down. And in his fury, because he heard this, because he heard the truth, now he is full of fury. And if you look at Nebuchadnezzar, if you know, if you were to read the beginning of Daniel, you will read how the king's meat was, was given to the people. The king's meat and the king's drink were given to the people. And Daniel purposed in, her heart, in his heart that he wasn't going to defile himself with the king's meat or the king's drink. God got him favor with, with the princes there. God, God got him in favor with the prince. And the prince was concerned about Daniel. He said, if you don't eat this meat and drink, drink this drink, then, then we'll start to see it on, on, your, on your face, so to speak. Like with anybody that doesn't eat for a while, you can tell. Their face starts to get sunk in and these things, you can tell that somebody, they might begin to look now malnourished. The prince was concerned about Daniel. Daniel told him, he said, just give us some pulse and some water. Give us that and then come back in 10 days and see how we look. And after 10 days, they come back and Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, they were fatter than the other ones. They looked more healthy than the ones that were eating the king's meat. And then here comes Nebuchadnezzar to, to, to look at the people, so to speak. He gathered up the bright minds of the time back then. Gathered them up. Wanted to, to look at them, to see how they were. And the Bible says, And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, those are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are their Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is not their Hebrew name. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, 
he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in that realm. Nebuchadnezzar picked them, sent them over to things in Babylon. So when you read back of 14, when he says Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like it was, like he might have been their friend? Is it true? Is what these people are telling me, is it true? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When he found out the truth, he was enraged. He was full of fury. He might have had some favor for these boys. And now because of this decree, he can't go back on this decree. He has to throw them into that fiery furnace. But he was enraged because these boys wasn't doing what they were told to do. He was full of fury. Insomuch, the Bible says that the form of his vicious was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then those men were bound in their coats, their, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this right here is what stood out when I read this. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent. How many times... Brothers and sisters, have we been in that situation where we get so angry, where we get so fired up, where we get so heated that we make a rash decision and we regret it after it's done? Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was mad. He was to the breaking point and he said, heat that thing up seven times hotter. Seven times hotter than it has ever been. And then I want you to go get the best fighting men that I've got. I want you to go get the mighty men of valor that are in my army. The best that I've got. And I want you to bind these three boys up. And I want you to throw them into that furnace. And in his urgency. And in his fury. And in his clouded mind, he didn't think about what might happen. He didn't think about the, the situation of something that might could happen. But in the fact that when he heated this thing up seven times hotter than it normally was when these men went to throw these boys into the fire, that they were killed. He made a decision out of urgency, and it caused the life of these boys. It caused the life of his best fighting men in his army. The Bible says the most Mighty men that were in his army, they lost his their life because of an urgency and a, and, a, and a blind sense of being wound up with fury and being wound up with anger. How many times have we done that ourselves? Been so fired up, did not care, might have said some words that you couldn't, couldn't get back. Might have did some actions that you just couldn't get back. How many times have we said things out of anger, hurt somebody out of anger? And those words, once they come out, you knew that you could never get them back. The actions that you put out, you knew that you could never take them back. Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. 
because these boys wasn't going to bow to his God. The Bible says, therefore, because, this is the reason, because the king's commandment was urgent. He didn't think about it. He didn't consider the consequences of what might happen. He didn't think, well, maybe I shouldn't heat that thing up seven times hotter than normal. Something might happen. In his urgency, he didn't think about anything other than his anger and how mad he was. He didn't think about the consequences. He didn't think about maybe these boys might get burned up trying to throw it. These are my best men. These are the best mighty men in my army. These are the ones that I need around. I don't need to be fooling around. I don't need to be messing up. These are the ones that I need in my army. But what did he do? In his rage, in his urgency, he lost them. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't bring those boys back. He lost them. They lost their life. How many times has anger got you into a position of regret? Boy, I wish I hadn't said that. Man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Why did I get so angry? Why did I not think about the situation? That's what anger does. Anger can sneak up on you. Anger can blindside you. Anger can get a hold of you. you. Say, preacher, how do you know? Because I was one of them. I had a temper. Short fuse. A lot of things would just set me off. That's where the grace of God comes in. He helped me with those things. I don't know. Maybe out there tonight, you, you, you might have an issue with anger. Maybe you realize that, hey, I've said some things in my past that, that I just can't get back. I've done some things in my past that I can't get back. Hurt some people. Anger can, anger can take away your joy. Anger can take away your happiness, can take away your peace. In those times of anger, I wasn't happy. In those times of anger, I had no peace, I had no joy. But thanks be to God, we serve a God that can deliver us from anger. We serve a God that can deliver us from the fire. All you got to do is pray. Ask him for help. That's what I did. I asked God to help me with my anger issue. Is it completely gone? No, I still get mad. Bible says you can be mad. Bible says be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You can get mad. Just don't let it get to sin. Don't let it get to wrath. When I look at the things that are going on in this world, how people are fighting to be able to kill babies. That angers me. When I see people, all that all they're trying to do is cause division in this world. That angers me. It makes me mad. Why would anybody want to, be, want to fight for the opportunity to take a young baby's life in the womb? 
it won't be won't be long before they're trying to do it right after it's born. Won't be long. Why would anybody want to fight to try to do something like that? The Bible says the God of this world hath blinded the minds. Things like that make me angry. But I can't let it get me to a point where it brings me to sin. I can't let it get to me to a point where it causes wrath. Nebuchadnezzar got caught up in his anger. Got caught up in his anger. And in the urgency. That's what stood out. When I read that, therefore because the king's commandment was urgent. He didn't think about it. He didn't consider the consequences. He lost some of his best fighting men. Back in those days, your army was the main thing. Your army. You didn't want to lose your best fighting men. But in his urgency, he lost them. Couldn't get them back. But like I said, that's what anger does. Anger sneaks up on you. It can get a hold of you. But if you're a born-again child of God, you can get a hold of it through Jesus Christ. You can get a hold of it. Now, we can't go back and change the past. Like I said, you may be one of those that know that in anger at some point in your life, you've said some things or done some things that you know that you can never get back. We can't go back to the past, but we can go move on in the future. You can forgive yourself of these things. Even if other people doesn't forgive you, you can forgive yourself. Say, preacher, how do you forgive yourself for maybe doing something that is just so terrible? Because I know God can forgive. And if God can forgive, we can forgive ourselves. And if God can forgive, we can forgive others. If God can forgive me for the life that I was living, then... <laughs> I've got no room to hold any grudges against anybody. The life I was living was nothing. But the life that God has given me is everything. So I can forgive because he forgives. You can forgive yourself. But don't let that anger get a hold of you. Don't let it control you. Like, like I said, anger, it will take your peace. It will take your joy. It will take your happiness. I've never seen an angry person smile and be happy. I've never seen an angry person jumping around shouting for joy. But it can sneak up on you. But God gives you power. You can overcome these things. He said, be of good cheer. Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. But in me, you might have peace. You might have peace. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We can find peace, joy, happiness, temperance, all the fruits of the Spirit. We can find these things. But anger wants to put them out. 
Anger wants to put him out. But Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, in his full of fury, in his anger, he did something that he could not reverse. He can't bring those boys back. Not talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you were to read on, you'll see how God delivered them. God delivered them. I'm talking about these most mighty men that were in his army. He can't bring those back. He couldn't bring those back. He had to live with that decision. We got to live with our decision. I know a lot of times in the, the way things are going, is everybody wants to blame everybody. Everybody wants to blame everybody else for the problems that are going on in their life. We got to look in the mirror. Look at ourselves. Am I the problem? You ever talk to people that, just, that are just angry all the time? Just angry all the time? We need to look at ourselves. If we're one of those people that are just angry all the time, all, something's always always getting us angry, we need to ask ourselves the question, is it everybody else that's causing this anger, or is it me? Is it me? Can't blame everybody else for the decisions that we make. Can't blame everybody else for us being angry all the time. But as born again children of God, we can get control of the anger. May not be able to control the issues that causes the anger. Like I said, things of this world anger me. I can't control those things, but I can control my anger and I can get it to a point where it's not going to sin and it's not going to wrath. He gives us that power to do this stuff. He gives us the power to overcome. But like I said, anger, anger wants to rob you of the good things in your life. Anger wants to rob you of that stuff. Don't hold these things in. Just let it go. Just let it go. If people are coming against you, I found one of the best things that you can, that you can do in those situations is pray for them. Pray for them, not in a condescending way. I know this world we live in, people, you know, they, well, I'll just pray for you then. I ain't going to listen to you, but I'll pray for you. They'll do it in a condescending way. I mean, really get down. Ask God to help you with these anger issues and pray for the person that might be causing the issue, especially if you're in the right. If you know that you're in the right, pray for that person. You don't know what the situation might be, but pray for that person. But don't let anger control your life. Let God control your life. Let him show you. Like I said, if God can forgive, we can forgive.
It may not be the easiest thing in the world. I know f forgiving people for for doing you wrong is not the easiest thing. I'll be honest with you, it's not the easiest thing. But like I said, if God can forgive, we should be able to forgive too. Because my life was nothing and he forgave me of, of all the sin that I did before I got there. He forgave me of that stuff. Who am I to hold a grudge against somebody else? Who am I to get angry? But we do. But we do. But we can't let that stuff go to sin. We can't let it go to wrath. So with that being said, Nebuchadnezzar in his fury, in his rage, in his urgency, didn't think about what was going to happen caused something to happen that he could not reverse. Them boys lost their life. So don't let the anger get a hold of you. Don't let the anger control you. Take it to God. Pray about it. Ask him to help you. And he will. It may not be overnight, but he will. If you're sincere in your heart, he'll help you. He said he don't want to hold any of this stuff from you. Don't want to hold any of it from you. But he wants to help you. But I hope you got a got enjoyment out of this. I hope it might have helped you a little bit. Maybe get us to grow a little closer to him. But if you like what you hear or got a prayer request or maybe a comment or a question, feel free to shoot us a message at the LLradio at gmail.com. You got a prayer request, we'll make these things known or, or encouraging word. We'd like to hear from you. But we sure do love you. And like I do say, you know, I may not know you from Adam, may never meet you in my life. But if you're a born again child of God, then, then me and you are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I do love you and I do appreciate you. Most of all, I thank God for what He has done in my life. But with that being said, until next time, may the good Lord bless you. I have found a way that leads to endless day. Thank you for tuning in to the Lifted Lamb Radio. We sure hope that you got a blessing out of this, because it sure was a blessing for us to be able to do it. Just trying to shed a little light to a world full of darkness. And until next time, may the good Lord bless you.